we've had other yeah. BAs come along and say, I really want to host a workshop. I want to do, you know, this talk. I've got this story to share. Can you help me do that? And that's where the joy of being a capability lead is for me, because you've built that environment where others feel, you know, supported and safe and secure enough to come and go, I'd like to share, I'd like to contribute, and I and I want to do this willingly. You know, you're not twisting my arm to do it. It's something I want to do of my own free will. Welcome to the Inside Business Analysis Podcast. I'm your host, Tanda Jacobs, and I am here with Dr. Craig Doherty. How are you doing today, Craig? I'm doing very well, Tando. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. No, thank you for being on. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm quite excited for our conversation today and just kind of the things that we're going to talk about. But before we dive into that wonderful world of what you do, just briefly tell us, you know, just a little bit about who you are, your journey as a BA and um, what you currently do now. Sure, no worries at all. Um, so I, I guess, started out as a BA from a I'm going to say non-traditional route, but what BAs start from a traditional route, right? In that I initially wanted to be a, a warfare officer in the Royal Navy, right? So about as far away from business analysis as you can get. Didn't get that. Ended up going to uni to become a software engineer. Um, Realised at the end of that degree that programming and I, whilst I could do it, we weren't the best friends. So I went to the doctorate, looking at serious games, tree and plant health research, all that kind of fun stuff together before landing in a technology graduate school program where they had a business analysis component alongside a developer and tester. Bred up on BA, realized it was very close to what I really enjoyed in the doctoral world, which was speaking to people, helping to get to the bottom of an issue, figuring out ways that we might solve that issue, all those fun things together. Thought that sounds good, want to try that. That was what I then selected after the graduate scheme and the role I wanted to go into. Then that was in a global financial services firm and maybe about two and a half years in, in that whole scheme and time together, I moved on to the organisation I'm in now, who are a worldwide um, consultancy firm, a, a smaller firm that you may have heard of, may not have heard of, called BGSS. But I started with them a year, year and a half ago now, so March, March 22, and within about six months, I became a capability lead. For analysis in Scotland, co-capability actually. There's two of us in Scotland that do that particular role. Awesome, awesome. Do you still know how to code by any chance? Yeah, it doesn't really leave you, uh, which is quite useful. <laughs> some, depending on some of the projects you get put on, and you're going, okay, so you're you're doing this, that, and the next thing. Okay, I see what you're doing there. Or oh, cool, we're talking Git commands, right? Let's get into that. Or you know, your CI, CD pipelines and all that kind of stuff. Uh, occasionally, see the developers' eyes go a bit shocked. Like, oh, you know what code? You know what you're talking about? And yeah. it can be a bit of a, a rarity for some BAs to be more tech focused than business focused. Mm, that yeah, no, uh, that's interesting. Um, and what's your take on this? I'm going to ask you like just a, a random question. Would you would you think there's any value in BAs learning basic coding? I think in a lot of ways there can be. I mean, it, the question is whether it's basic coding or is it basics of technology. If we go basic coding, certainly some things like SQL um, could be really useful. You know, we sometimes do data analysis and, you know, SQL will help with that. But if it's learning the basics of technology, there's really great benefit there because you're understanding sometimes some of the pain that developers and testers have to go through, and architects and others. You're able to converse more in their language to get more of the why of the situation in terms that are familiar to them. And that really helps bridge the gap. But if nothing else, though, um, when you learn to, to program language, you know, independently, you learn more about logical thinking and how you connect things together. And that can be very, very, very useful, actually. 
lecturer once said to me, and he was very true about it, is that it's, programming is the most obedient pet you'll ever have. It'll do precisely what you tell it to do, even if you don't intend it to do that. And that's useful for us when we're thinking about the assumptions we make, the stories we're putting together, the strategizing we do, just having that in the back of their head, that what we intend might not always happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I personally, I thought about learning coding, actually, to be honest with you, um, albeit a basic level. Um, SQL was definitely helpful. That's That was kind of where most people pointed me towards as well. Um, but I'll be honest, it's one of those things that, although I understand it and I get it, I just haven't had an opportunity to put it into practice in a project. Let me put it that way. So it's one of those situations where, yeah, I've learned it, but actually I'm not really doing it in my, in my role as a BA. So um, it's a knowledge skill that I have, but not actually put it in practice. No, that's totally fair. It's often a, a joke that I'll make that something's gone far wrong if I'm sitting coding, <laughs> you know, or, or far right. Because, <laughs> I mean, True. you'll get, less, I guess, low-code and no-code platforms, you know, Power Automate and the yeah. like, where, you know, having that, that knowledge of how things can connect together and but you can extend things you can pull things together in different ways that can be really useful as well yeah no facts facts um so craig one of the reasons well the main reason in fact that i brought you on this show was to kind of speak about your your current role as a capability lead um in business analysis uh first of all can you just kind of in layman's terms just kind of tell us what a capability lead is and how that links into business analysis Sure. So it's actually a very, you know, most questions are interesting. But that one really is because much like, you know, no two BAs are the same, no two capability leads will be the same. So broadly, a capability or community of practice or whatever else you want to call it is just a collection of business analysts that you're working with. That could be in your local office. It could be regional. It could be organization-wide. And often you'll find, you know, uh, different strata, different sort of uh, breakdowns as you move through organizations. What do we do with there? We help, again, it's organization dependent. So in my role specifically, um, Matt and I really look at how we can help grow the capability. We're involved a lot with recruitment, but we do a lot of the, where are like what's coming next? How do we bring that knowledge in? How do we encourage and foster like an environment where our analysts can go, I want to do a workshop on X or I want to do a talk on Y and how can we make that happen for them? Um, so we do a lot of that stuff. But you know, it really depends organization to organization in what you do. Um, other um, previous roles, I've seen capability or community of practice leads who are more line managers, who will have more of that mm. review setting stuff or they'll approve holidays and all that kind of kind of you know good people management stuff that goes along with it so it's horses for courses in a lot of ways i think you said something about um how does it relate back to the job as a business analyst as well right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so and, and do you do you perform business analysis still in that role? oh yeah yeah um right. yeah so and this is another thing so in vgss um our capability leads are on client we get out so i'm still at the coal face you know i'm uh working away doing uh, i think product ownership stuff more aligned that at the moment these days but yeah i mean i'm still writing stories i'm speaking to clients i'm you know running workshops designing them doing that there's there's no difference to me um to any of the other analysts that i work with the only from that perspective the only main difference is that i have that additional layer of um, i guess responsibility to help push things forward and to to foster and build that environment hmm. so let's just say right i uh just put some paint paint a, paint a picture mm -hmm. of your role a bit, a bit more here so i'm part of a team 
uh, and just this is a scenario. I'm part of a team of uh, in my organization. There's a, a a few of us business analysts on on the team, uh, but we kind of all do our own thing. You know, we're all assigned our own little projects, um, so we work in silos almost. Um, and maybe we meet up every now and again just to kind of have a chat, but nothing formal. You know. Yep. If you were to look at that scenario, what what would you what would you say to us to do differently? It's a that's a presumptive question there because it assumes that it's not working for you. So that would be the first question: is is what you're doing achieving an outcome you want to achieve? And it's probably a theme we'll touch on several times during the conversation. Is as analysts, we can often confuse outputs for outcomes because we're often seeing doing outputs instead of you know what those outcomes are. So to pull it back to that. You know, is first question is what are your outcomes? Are you just wanting to be social and build that, or are you looking to develop your skills and learn from each other and self critique and you know that kind of the world? If it's the you know the former, great, you're doing that already. Keep at it. If it's the latter, well, what can you do more formally? And um, how can you start breaking down those barriers? Can you do things like small lunch and learns to each other? Can you bring in others? who have that specialist knowledge as well to really start learning about each other's worlds. Maybe, you know, having things on a regular basis, having a formal declaration as well, that you are a capability, even just saying the thing, you know, hey, we exist, we're a group and this is what we're about, can add a lot of legitimacy and indeed motivation to continue engaging with it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which, which makes sense. And I was thinking from the perspective of, I guess, I guess to your point, actually, it's really about outcomes because I think, Maybe there's there's a there's a silent pressure that kind of says we don't have a community as a practice or we don't have this other t- big title of what we do. We just we just casually meet up uh, every couple of months or whatever it is and just have a chat about what we're working on or things that we found um, are, are good for us to put in practice. But there's nothing formal, right? There's mm-hmm. nothing that's set in stone. But also, I, I think. Um, the bigger question, as you've asked, actually, is, is it working for us, first of all? And do we need anything that is formal? If not, then there's no, no need to complicate it. Yeah, and that's often often the gist of it, right? And I think people sometimes confuse the lack of action or, or doing nothing as bad, right? And it's perfectly fine to do nothing if what you're doing, say, in this informal scenario, you're meeting once a quarter, you're going for, you know, um, like bowling or a meal or you're doing something social, you're having a chat, you're seeing all that, and that's meeting what you're looking for and it's hitting all the boxes, that's fine, you know? Likewise, if you're a group that wants to meet every week um, to showcase the latest work you're working on and get, you know, hey, I'm trying to write this user story and I can't quite get it to land right, can somebody help? Again, that's fine. Is is it meeting the goals and the outcomes that you're trying to set for yourself? Mm. So that was at the at the team level. Have you have you done any kind of work around, I guess, different levels of of within the organization? So by this, I'm thinking, you know, there's there's that kind of capability within the team, uh, a small team of BAs, but then there's maybe a wider lens of the BA capability over us, uh, multiple teams or cross-functional teams spread across various functions or various teams and things like that. Uh, yeah, actually, welcome to one of the things I'm working on at the moment, actually. So I've got the um, the pleasure of a whole bunch of great counterparts across BGSS. Um, pretty much every office we have has a BA capability lead in it. So I've got equivalents, you know, in, in London, for example, in Leeds, then Wales, you know, Portugal, you know, wherever we are. And we are really getting into the habit now of developing our ways of working together. 
BGSS, uh, one of the wonderful things actually is we have a very individualistic office culture. We're still very friendly with each other. We collaborate amazingly, but each office has the freedom to have its own flavor. And within your office, you've got the freedom to have your own flavor again as a capability. So we're now really getting to that stage of going, well, you know, what you're doing down in, say, Sheffield, there's some really interesting um, lessons going on, some workshops. Great. How, how do we replicate that in Scotland? How do we bring that to our analysts? And likewise, if we're doing something really cool up here, how do we share that with our colleagues over in um, like Lisbon or Porto to make sure that you know we're sharing that great knowledge? And a lot of it comes down to communication, actually. Even just asking that question of, hey, is this something you'd like to do? We're finding that people are, yeah, that'd be great. You know, We've got a lot of great stories to share. And you've got a lot of great stuff to share with us as well. So just starting off that conversation can be really useful. We're also doing cross-functional stuff as well. Um, something that I often joke about uh, internally is that, you know, opportunistic expansion, that everyone can be a BA. We're just the, the BAs or the better BAs, as it were. <laughs> we just do it more often. And, you know, we're doing like a little road trip around all the capabilities in Scotland going, you know, how is your BA working for you? What can we do to make life better for you? What is it you wish you knew about us, you know? often where i'm going on here but you know often we bas are very very guilty of doing stuff hidden away you know we'll say we go create a user story we'll almost do the magic under the table then go da da here's a finished product and there's a lot of hidden stuff that goes on there right it's otherwise known as you know the duck paddling away it looks sweet on the surface but furiously paddling under right and we need to do better at getting that information out there and engaging and showcasing what we can do and how we can help and, you know, so that cross capability stuff has been really valuable. Get a lot of interesting insights into how we can operate better. You know, we're operating very well and we're collaborating amazingly, but there's always more you can do, right? And it's it's very good to get those uh, those insights. Yeah, and I'm just thinking back to my to my initial question, right? So, at what point? would you say, because my initial question was kind of this small team and then we've kind of gone all the way to the other side of yeah. like your current example of, you know, effectively nationally or internationally spread teams of BAs. Um, at what point would you say that a BA team should then actually start to formalize their BA capability and start to really introduce kind of these cap- uh, communities of practice or, or some or similar? It's a good question. I think even as small as sort of like two to three people, because there's, you know, there's no bad time to start. If you start with two or three people, you can get some stuff going, then, hey, let's say, hey, we're going to recruitment drive. We've got another five or six BAs to add to this hypothetical team. They can join a community. It's something you can talk about. You can showcase it. You can look for other communities outside of the organization, even, you know, through Meetup and other areas, um, YBA, of course, the own business analysts, to go and have a chat and find other people and say, hey, we exist, you know, can we make friends with more people? So there's never really too small a number to start with. And even, you know, if you're sitting there with 15, 20 BAs in, you know, your department or whatever, and you don't have one yet, great, start, you know. The best time to start after right now is now, as it were, you know. So don't, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. in fact, you've yeah. not got one, um, put you off from starting one. Yeah. So let's just say someone is listening to this and they're thinking, okay, they would like to start something in their team or in their organization. How would you do it? First off, just say you want to do it. Um, I think there's sometimes a, a conception that the capability lead is often the best analyst. That doesn't have to be the case at all, mm. right? I will right. quite happily say that several of my colleagues are 
way more talented BAs than I am. They've had more years in industry. They've had more varied experiences. They've got some really amazing tools and uh, techniques and tricks that they can pull out to use. And there's a lot to learn from them. Where I come into the picture is I I want to be able to shape a capability. I want to be able to create that environment. I want to support people and achieve that outcome. And that's what drove me to the position. So if you're someone there who's like, you know, I've only been a BA for a little bit, but I really want to see this happen, then go for it, you know? Worst case, you've learned how to do something differently next time. Best case scenario, you've just set up a capability that will help others grow alongside you, will give benefit back, and will hopefully be a lasting impression on the organization after you're gone as well. And what more can we ask for? Yeah, and, and do you know what? I think I, yeah, I love the fact that you touched on that uh, the person who's leading the capability, so to speak, um doesn't it doesn't necessarily need to be the brightest of the BAs in the bunch. Uh, it, it sounds more like you have to be the one willing to effectively put in the work above your day job <laughs> of uh, investing into the capability of your organization in whatever way, shape or form that looks like. So I'd imagine for some people that could be knowledge sharing and kind of saying, you know, let's all learn best from each other. For other people, it might be actually that maybe we just need a, 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 to share some ideas around how we standardize our approach as BAs because it's too sporadic or um, our our value is kind of all over the place depending on who you're speaking to and things like that. So it, it almost sounds like it, there just needs to be that facilitator role almost uh, to to get the conversation started. No, definitely. that you, You've got it spot on. Um, because again sometimes people will confuse the role of leadership with saying you know you must go in a certain way and you like you're at the front pushing forward it's really not um i kind of like to be in the, as in the middle or the back you know you're, you're saying here's where we like to get to how did we get there you know we're working on a an interesting project um for i think global ba day uh, i think first of november if that's still happening this year and it's amazing we said here's where we want to go and everyone's like great we'll, we'll pick things up we'll take this on we'll do that and that for me has been the beauty of building this capability up. And I should say, I've not built it from the ground up. There was a, a colleague of mine, Stephen Marshall, who built it, really built it from the ground up in Scotland and done an amazing job, built like a, a really solid groundwork for Matt and I to then build on. You know, our jobs would be so much more challenging if we didn't have that foundation. Um, and, you know, we're able to, to come together and, you know, say, right, here's where we're going. Everyone's picking up, everyone's getting engaged and involved. And that's amazing to see we've had other BAs come along and say I really want to host a workshop I want to do you know this talk I've got this story to share can you help me do that and that's where the joy of being a capability lead is for me because you've built that environment where others feel you know supported and safe and secure enough to come and go I'd like to share I'd like to contribute and I and I want to do this willingly you know you're not twisting my arm to do it it's something I want to do of my own free will so I'm I'm just uh just had a recollection in a previous role I once had, and we had, we actually tried something like this, um, some form of, um, I guess, intern within the BA team, let's all come together and kind of, you know, effectively help each other out, share some knowledge, share some experiences, but also, you know, just touch base with each other effectively. One of the biggest challenges, actually, when I look back, was prioritizing this over your project work or whatever yeah. work you had so you know honestly nine times out of ten people would just be like oh, i'll skip that you know i've got i've got a workshop to plan or i've got this going on or that going on how, how do you 
how do you if, if the question I'm trying to get to then is how do you effectively get the BAs in the team and in, in the organization in, in engaged, involved, excited about you know doing something like this within the team and then them feeling like actually yeah I may be busy because we all are but I'm happy to put my time and effort into this you know one hour block of whatever it is this looks like. And so I think in both answers I'll give here the answer is start with why. So Simon Sinek's um, classic you know start with why. So the first why here is try and understand why they're not coming you know because some often people will be busy on client as you say or on project work you know there's meetings or stories there's all the rest of it the question is why is that hour not available you know is there something we can do there too is it the time wrong is it you know that we do it every week and actually having it every fortnight might be better because you've got a standing meeting you know every fortnight for example and you're missing it it needs to be odd weeks or whatever it looks like so understanding that can go a long way right um understanding in the why as well of what people like to see so mm. are you consistently doing um, a lecture from your capability lead and people are like this is boring because i know this already you're treating us like we're children i want to be able to talk about my stuff like when do i get the chance to share what i'm doing and, and get advice and you know is, is that going up um the other half of that start with why is articulating why your product is there like why it exists like why you want it to be a success then you go to obviously the how you're going to do that and then the what comes out of it people are already they're bought on with you you know um and if you haven't listened to simon sinek's ted talk on i would thoroughly recommend it it's a very very good read as is the book it's just you know uh, starting with why helps a lot um but you're right it's a common problem and hopefully by understanding some of the the challenges or reasons people might not attend and working around those and putting the time and effort and in to produce content they want or supporting others to do so people start coming along and there will be you know high points and low points of attendance but having that why in there really goes a long way so yeah and 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 what's what would you say your why is for for your role question depends on the lens really so the, the why i do what i do is to because I want to see people grow and develop and to support them to showcase the great work that we do. I mean, I could go down the entire list of BAs that I work with, and every single one of them have done like amazing things, have got great stories to tell. I want those stories to come to the fore. I want us to have that, you know, that environment to do so. Um, and the capability supports that. Strong, strong. I love it. I love it. Um, what other problems do you do you typically face then when you're kind of embarking on this capability lead um, journey and you're trying to effectively get you know the BA team to almost self invest in themselves and also work together as a team and get involved in something like a community of practice uh, apart from you know the problem that we've just spoken yeah. about are there any other challenges that you typically face? So I think the the challenge we talk about is probably going to be one that's common to all BAs at all points in their career. And that is, what am I coming in with? What am I expecting or what does everyone else know and how do I bridge that gap? I mean, even, you know, from listening to, you know, a few episodes of your podcast and listening to some of the guests on who, who are BAs, we've all got different roots in and we've all got different backgrounds and experiences. So no two BAs will appear with the same background. And understanding that and being able to bridge that gap and going, you know, it's fine if you've not had too much experience, you know, doing complex process mapping and your work's been more in personas. That's great. How do we bring you in? How do we support you? And how do we make sure there's something of value for you there? And 
you know that's probably the bit the biggest challenge because people do come in with different expectations and different you know different experiences yeah no I, and i completely can see why that would be a challenge because you're trying to find common ground and and not lose people who are maybe too much on one side and other people who are too much on the other yeah. side you're trying to figure out how do we cater the best to a wide range of skill sets in our in our organization yeah. and teams and also a wide range of positions potentially, right? You may have a, a team of junior BAs, a team of BAs, a team of senior BAs kind of thing. So you're trying to then figure out how do we how do we make this work for everyone? Yeah, right. And something I guess, it's a solution to that problem, right? Because I realized that was a whole, here's a problem without a solution, yeah. right? <laughs> um, that, that was a preamble. Don't worry. Um, so I guess that the short answer is there is no one solution to this, right? Because every example will be different. But something that I've been mulling over and looking to is how you might use a capability map or matrix to resolve that scenario. Now, a lot of these matrices and maps are used as a which level do you rank in and how do you get to the next one? And you've got to be at a certain level to kind of be a particular grade. I don't particularly like that because it forces everyone to learn everything in that level to then proceed when you might not be using it you know um I was, I was going over some notes the other day and it's like i remember learning about catwo in one of the exams i did but i've not used it since but if i had to you know be, be able to evidence you know particular usage of catwo at a certain level to get to a particular grade then you're just shoehorning it in for the reason right which is bad so the theory around the capability map then is can you use it to guide best practice or points of individual progression because you might be amazing at public speaking right and you want to tighten up a little bit of that but you might not be too great at designing workshops and you might be a quote-unquote lower level, but there's some great learning opportunities there and some great ways for you to upskill yourself, but also to engage the rest of the capability and go, hey, you know, um, BA over there, you put on an amazing workshop last week. How did you go about doing that? I want to learn how to do that. Can you, can you tell me this? Can you show me? Can you teach me, mentor me, whatever that looks like? And you open up more of a dialogue about how you want to grow and develop rather than, oh, I need to meet certain numbers or I need to get in a certain box. Because, you know, as BAs, thinking inside the box doesn't really work. Sometimes you've really got to be outside the box and that should really start with the capability as well. Yeah, and I think I think the picture that I'm getting in my head here is that, you know, when, when a team has something like a, a capability lead, obviously... It can you can name it whatever you want, but if you have somebody in the team who is this person who effectively is leading the capability of the team or leading the, uh, the or facilitating that's the word um, the the discussions within the team about how do we work best together, it then opens up the door for that type of thought process to happen for somebody to kind of say, hmm, yeah, I'm not so great at this. I've always wanted to to know about this particular thing or uh, upskill in this area. I might as well ask it within the, within the group of, of of the of the team because I guess without that uh, opportunity, you know, the the communities of practice, for instance, sometimes those questions just kind of get buried in our, at the back of our heads, or we just never really get the chance to ask them. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because I think failure. I'm going to use that in, in quote marks because we're off camera, so you can't see it. Um, the joy of podcast medium, but. As you say, not willing to say, oh, I'm struggling with something or I really need to learn something. It can be seen akin to people going, I'm not good at that or I've failed at that, mm. which isn't great. And the, the more we can get out of, of that mindset of going, okay, I don't know it today, but how do I learn it tomorrow? How do I get there? You know, what can I do? You know, there's there's few things I love more than going, oh, great. I don't know that. How do I learn it? Or that's amazing. That's brand new. I've just learned something, right? That That is, is, is powerful in of itself. Um, and if you can structure a capability around that and build that freedom to express and go, 
I really would like to learn this. I just don't know it. I, I know I probably should, or it looks interesting to me, or you know, I've seen it in a workshop or something or a webinar. You know, you're onto a winner because as you grow, as the capability grows, then the output, the quality of the output grows, and whether that's an internal focus team or you're in a consultancy or whatever, you're delivering better outcomes. And as we all know, the better the business analysis outcomes, the better the outcomes in general, right? Yeah, not that yeah. we not that we think very highly of ourselves, of course, but of course not. Of course not. Um, so just think about a, a slightly different um, direction here, right? Um, let's just say I'm, I'm a senior leader, mm-hmm. uh, whatever whatever job title, but I'm a senior leader of sorts, and I feel as though this idea of, um, I guess, the team spending time together and you know sharing ideas, meeting up maybe once every two weeks for an hour and a half, whatever that looks like. I don't know. I'm just feeling like it's a waste of time. We have too many priorities and projects to deliver. Surely BAs are just here to deliver projects. What? How would you sell that to me to say, actually, if you don't have this capability, this is this is the cost of it? That's a, that's a very good question. I mean, you know, natural response is to go to something like the IIBAs, you know, annual BA report and say, look, here's what the studies say. But, you know, people mm-hmm. who have BA capabilities, here's what they can do. Here's how we get there. Um Assuming in this scenario, you might have your informal group that we mentioned earlier, because um, you're trying to get off the ground, your common theme here, just showcasing that, saying, you know, this is what it's given already. If you can have a, like a concrete example, and it can be a, a, even a small stakes example of, you know, we had, you know, a project that was coming to deadline and we couldn't get some stories written for it. We came together as a group and were able to support each other through it. Project got delivered successfully. If we didn't have this, that wouldn't have happened. That can sometimes be enough to illustrate what you're trying to do. But equally, it's even just pointing to what other companies do as well, because, you know, parity is always a good place to be. If you see that there is an organization who's very vocal about their BA capability, they're hosting events, like, well, we're in the same field. Why don't we have that? You know, what is it they've got that we don't? Bringing those sorts of things to the fore as well. But often just a, a nice logical statement of going, here's why it's important and what it means to us as individuals and the team and the benefits you get from it can be can be enough. Obviously it'll depend on your situation and sort of who your senior leaders are. Yeah. Yeah. No, great. Great. Um so by the way, I love I love your answers. Very practical as well and very direct and and you know making it very clear. Um the the one thing I always try and show, particularly for the, those who are listening, is that at least they get you know something tangible <laughs> out of this, right? Something they can go <clears throat> go back to their organizations and their teams with, and and effectively make a change or a positive change for their teams. Um, so I, I know we touched on this earlier, but I'm trying to think kind of really practically here around the person who is feeling um, the nudge to be a form of capability lead in their team. And, you know, they're, they're really feeling strongly about it. They want to do it. They think it would be a great thing for the team to come together every so often because, like I said, we all work in silos. We're mm-hmm. all working on our own little projects. We all do our own little things. Um, but it'd be great if we just kind of come together and obviously we all do business analysis so we can learn from each other, surely. Um, I'm, I've, I've now got my why. Uh, and this, that's why I want to do it, right? To learn from each other, to ensure that we're all growing and, and all developing as a team, but also yep. give the opportunity for uh, people to ask questions that they normally may not 
have the room to ask because again, you're in your own little project. You have no other BA to turn to, but this can be that for you. So that's my why, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm scheduling calls once every two weeks on a Tuesday, um, whatever time. Yep. Um, I invite everyone over. I'm shouting out to everyone. I'm saying, hey, you know, everyone, I'm, you know, this is this is something I'm just I'm starting for the benefit of us. And and then I'm, I've sold it to the leadership team. You know, they're in agreement. They're saying, yeah, I think it's a great thing, actually, uh, now that you've spoke to us about it. Uh, and the and the uh, the BAs are also thinking, yeah, that's a great idea. I, 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 I'm happy that someone is doing it, right? Yep. <laughs> and that someone being me. Um, I get to the meeting now. What am I doing? Am I am I coming into it with an agenda? Is it open forum? Am I am I going into it almost? I guess leading the discussions with asking questions or, um, yeah, what does that look like? Again, it's one of those how long is a piece of string questions. Um, but okay, I'll give you some practical examples of what could happen. So let's assume you've got a mixed audience of, you know, some junior BAs through senior BAs. You know, some have been with your organization for a while. Some are relatively new. And that's the sort of environment that you've got. I would say a semi-structured approach would be the best way to go. Naturally, you'd want to open with a here's why we're here. Thank you all for coming along and close out with next steps and actions. But for these first meetings, these first stepping stones, People need to have a sense of ownership, right? You might be leading it and you might be structuring it and, you know, scheduling it and doing all the scaffolding. But ultimately, the capability lead is the least important person in that room. It's the BAs around you who are the most important people. Without them, you don't have a, a capability, right? So some form of lean coffee, for example, um, would be a great way. You just a simple, you know, if you've ever done a lean coffee before, it's a three-lane Kanban, a three-column Kanban, rather. Um, what ideas do you want to talk about? which talk is currently actively spoken about or has been done and what actions are we taking away afterwards. So three columns, do a bit of voting or generate the ideas first to do a little bit of voting on which ones you want. People get five minutes to talk and the group can vote if they want to extend it a bit further and you're off to the races then. So you can get some introductions that way, some topics you to talk about. But equally, you can use it to generate ideas as well. So you might go, well, what do we want for the future? Where do we see ourselves going? Um, and then, I guess, future activities, assuming that first meeting, well, you've got some stuff coming. Something, you know, we did internally in one of the teams that worked really well for us was developing a manifesto. So we sat down, you know, two of my colleagues, uh, Michael and Jill, uh, led the session. I think it was Jill's idea initially, great session. And we kind of worked out as a team, like, what is it we want to be? What do we want to be known for? You know, how do we see ourselves in context of our region and in the organization and in terms of the work that we do? And that became like a rallying point for us. We could point back to and say, this is why we exist. This is why we do what we do. And it you know, gives us something to, to anchor everything else off of. So definitely start with some sort of ideation session, um, but the brainstorming, lean coffee, um, even something incredibly fun, like a, an icebreaker I love to use, actually, it'd be useful for so many things, is 100 Ways to Squish a Lemon. It was a, a colleague of mine, Harry DeVette, who, who gave this to me, actually. And the notion is you've got like a minute to five minutes, depending on how many people you've got, to come up with as many ways to squish a lemon as you'd like. Now, the, it sounds it's as chaotic as it sounds, right? And the only rule is you're not allowed to duplicate. So if I was to say I'm going to hit it with a hammer, you couldn't say you were going to hit it with a hammer, but you could say you'd hit it with two hammers or a sledgehammer. You, you can, you know, do an, an expansion on it, but you can't do the exact same. And it is, you know, five minutes of frantic, frantic, you know, you're writing posters, you're putting them on the wall, you've got someone going, oh, we've already had that, you know, kind of that. And you just start seeing people go to really weird and wonderful places for ideas, but the brain's going, the juices are flowing and you go, right, now, now what are we doing with the capability? 
what sessions they want to work on, what tools and techniques they want to hit, you know, where do we want to go? Things like that are great. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. A hundred ways to squish a lemon. Love that. I love that so much. Uh, I'm definitely stealing that one. By all means, feel free. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it is absolutely great. It's, I've used it with clients. I've used it with BAs. I've used it with others. And every time it's like, some, some people are like, hmm, I'm not sure this is going to work. And then after they're like, that was amazing. Can we do it again? I can see, I can really see that being like a, what, what on earth is he talking about? And then five minutes later well this is so much fun <laughs> yeah i mean i normally get that first part fairly often so don't worry about that this like, but yeah, yeah. That's is, that is how it goes yeah, yeah 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 so there you go there you go if you're starting a capability set up your first meeting and ask the question or let's talk about 100 ways to squish a lemon and then see what happens afterwards there yeah. you go that's a can i start. give another practical tip as well tando we're of on course. It. but from the other side if you're sitting in that senior leadership position and someone comes to you and you're like oh, this be a capability thing what is it they're trying to do things mm. you know people they should be working you know that kind of approach because there's some really practical tips there as well and really based on my own experience as a cl and it's i guess akin to if you've heard of the book turn the ship around by uh, david marquet it's the i intend model effectively i feel empowered by my leaders to say i intend to do a workshop with the bas on this day for this time to teach them x and we get okay cool and you go enjoy like you have everything you need to do it and having that mentality as a leader to trust that the people who are in the position have the best interests of their capability as well as what you're looking for from them to deliver is super important um you know not sitting there going right i want to see exactly what you're doing before you deliver it or i okay are you sure you should be doing that like go relate this back to you know 20 different company goals for me or okrs and see how that comes out just stripping things away and trusting that we've got our best intentions in mind and we want to do the best we can for each other and for the organization and you see that's certainly been the experience that that i've had from you know um local and indeed leadership above that again like senior senior leadership i guess um so it's a it really does benefit when you see it. You know, it's, it's powerful when it happens. Uh, thanks. No, thank you for that one. Thank you for that one. Very, 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 very great. Um, so, Craig, it has been such a pleasure talking to you about this topic. I think that when I'll put my hands up, you know, the, I've, I've always heard the phrase be a capability. Yeah. And honestly, it just, I was just like, I don't even know what that means. Is that another skill set? Is that another toolkit? Like, what on earth is that all about? But what our conversation today has helped, hopefully helped to remove some of the, the mist around that terminology and really kind of clarify what that is and what that looks like. But also practically then, what does it mean uh, when we try to actually invest in our BA capability? So so thank you so for sharing your your expertise and wisdom in this. No worries um, at all. Thank you for having me on. It's always been a, a dream to get on a podcast, actually. So that's, that's one ticked off the bucket list. Um, open oh, for others on. if you want me. So it's not a problem. <laughs> love it. Love it. So um, final final two questions. The, the first one is that if um, people want to connect with you and learn more about you know what you do or just bounce off it, bounce ideas off you of you know what we spoke about today, what's the best place for them to find you? LinkedIn actually is the best place to get me. Um, just search for Craig Doherty or Craig W. Doherty. You will see me there. Facts. I will put the link uh, to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Perfect. And um, final question then uh, is, why do you love what you do as a capability lead? Let's come back to what I said earlier, you know, um, seeing people, I guess, grow out their shells and growing and developing is is really amazing. You know, you, sometimes a lot of the work we do 
it seems like you're not progressing very far because you know you're putting in meetings you're doing this and you know you're like are we actually getting to where we need to be but mm. you know we had a, a situation recently where you know we had a new ba join and they attended one of the first analysis and practice sessions that we set up and you know was run by another colleague of ours uh, analysis and practice is effectively ways for us to see how we might do different skills and how we all do those together and then learn from each other to get you know best practice and you know this colleague who had just joined came to us and said I really enjoyed that session. I'd really like mm. to do my own. How, how do I go about doing that? And the fact that we were able to see that, you know, this person was, you know, maybe four weeks, five weeks into the organization and is asking to take part in the capability in that way. You know, that was like a really powerful moment of, wow, we, we we're achieving what we're trying to achieve. We're building that environment. You know, we are, because I mean, capability is such a, a clinical word. It really is a community, right? We're building that community yeah. of people yeah. who are willing to share their capabilities and share their skills in, in a really visible way. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. And and I think I think most, if not all, BAs would probably uh, share with that, with what you've said. And also, you know, would I think fundamentally we all love to help people, but all we would all love to make a difference. And um, and sometimes making a difference goes beyond on the projects we work on. And I think what we spoke about today gives people the opportunity to make a difference in their teams. And obviously then inadvertently on the projects that they work on and the organization at large, et cetera, et cetera. So um, uh, uh, yeah, I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. Hopefully people have been inspired, like I am, to get involved. You don't have to be the leader, but at least get involved, uh, do a talk, do something within your team to effectively invest in the capability um, of the team and continuously grow as BAs. Um, so thank you so much, Craig, for coming on this on this podcast. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me, Tando. It's been a pleasure.